DFS. It is Friday, January 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 18 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, we got Week 18. We got most of the teams on the slate. We got two Saturday games. Taking some key players out that we'll kind of talk about as we go through. We've got one Sunday night game that is on one main slate, but not on the other. So we'll start with DraftKings as usual. And for cash, I'm curious to know where you're going this week. Yeah, I think there are quite a few viable options. And I think, you know, in your cash lineup, you definitely want to try to stick to these teams that we know are playing for something. You know, we know they're going to play their starters the full game. Um I have, I have Joe Burrow in my cash lineup as of now, um, 7,300 bucks. Cincinnati's been the pass heaviest offense in the NFL over the last five weeks by a pretty significant margin. I think that should continue this week against Baltimore. Baltimore seventh in football outsiders run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. They're 27th against the pass. And they've been that way all season. They've been a tougher run D than a pass D. So expect a pass heavy game from the Bengals. Burrow had just 217 yards and one touchdown against Baltimore earlier this season. That that was one of the games where T Higgins didn't play much at all. Higgins played um, 10 snaps in that game. Go back to last year, Burrow put up 416 yards and three touchdowns and then 525 yards and four touchdowns against this Ravens defense. So he's definitely had success against this defense. Yeah. And this year's version is one that's playing the run tougher than the past. So I, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow against his defense. And yeah, so whenever I'm setting up my notes for this show or just starting my thinking about building lineups, I open up the draft sharks lineup generator. I check the dollars per point rankings and you know, I start out looking for the cheaper quarterbacks. So, you know, of course I started out with Geno Smith, six K against the Rams, Brock Purdy, 5,700 against the Cardinals. But then I look at the rest of the positions and I think that it's quite possible to get Joe Burrow or Kirk cousins for 6,500. If you need that level of roster savings, I think it's quite possible to get either of those guys in your cash lineup and still have attractive plays at the other position. So I think Joe Burrow is going to be my cash quarterback as well. I think, if you do need to go down Geno Smith makes sense the Rams are a bottom 10 scoring matchup for quarterbacks by our adjusted fantasy points allowed meaning it's a negative matchup for quarterbacks so far but Geno Smith hit him for 367 and three touchdowns in their last meeting the questions here are the wide receivers Tyler Lockett missed practice Thursday we'll see about him today he said earlier in the week he was going to play I'm sure that if he's capable at all he's going to play but there's you know, some iffiness there. DK Metcalf sat out Thursday, probably more of a rest day than an injury. But, you know, again, just another question mark. I don't think you necessarily need one of those guys in your lineup to play Gino. It's an affordable price. I'm not too worried about him against the Rams, but there is a little bit of downside risk there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Gino's viable for cash. Like you said, Purdy's viable for cash. Um, I, I throw in Dak Prescott, too, for 6600 bucks. If you do need the savings off Burrow, I think he's a viable cash play. So, again, lots of options. I think this is a week where um, – you kind of fill out most of the rest of your team first and then go back to quarterback near the end and you know, play any one of these uh, four or five guys. QB, or I'm sorry, in, ca- in tournament <laughs> contests. There we go. Now I'm on the right track. In tournaments, that's where I really want to make sure to get Joe Burrow into the lineup, though, because as you mentioned, that ultimate ceiling he has already showed. And then just last week, 40 of 52 passing for 375 and three touchdowns against the Patriots. They got a little bit shakier in the second half, but they clearly just came out firing in a matchup that favored throwing over, um, yeah, throwing over running. I'm going to have yeah. to get my English straight before we finish <laughs> out the shows here, Jared. So I think the ultimate upside's there. I think the Bengals' mindset for throwing when it makes sense is there. I think Joe Burrow has a chance to be the guy that you need to have here when you add in the salary savings versus Josh Allen. 
Yeah, five games of 28-plus DraftKings points for Joe Burrow this season, including three of his past six games. So he definitely has shown the tournament-winning upside. I think Brock Purdy is in play for tournaments, too, this week. He has two touchdowns in in all five of his games now. He's only topped out at 21.7 DraftKings points, so he hasn't really shown the ceiling yet. But, I mean, give him a third touchdown in any of these games, I definitely think it's possible this week. And he's, he's there at, you know, 25, 26 points, which I think might be good enough. This week, I mean, you know, if Burrow doesn't explode, you have Josh Allen against a pretty tough Patriots defense. You have Jalen Hurts coming off the injury in a game where the Eagles should win easily, where, you know, maybe he doesn't have to do much in the second half. So I think this is a week where, you know, maybe no one gets to 35 points and, you know, 25 from Purdy at 5,700 bucks is enough. Um, Christian McCaffrey is banged up. You know, we'll see if he plays and if he does, you know, if they limit him a bit, that could mean a bit more passing. Um, it looks like Purdy. There's a chance he gets Debo Samuel back for this game. And then the, the Niners have the second highest implied total on the main slate at 27.25 points behind only the Eagles. Uh, they're ahead of the Vikings. They're ahead of the Bills. They're ahead of the Bengals. They're ahead of the Cowboys. Um, so definitely uh, plenty of touchdown upside for Purdy in this spot. Yeah, my only question with them for chasing ceiling is if they take their foot off the gas at some point during this game, if they find out the Eagles are way ahead so they can't win the top seed, or, you know, even if they just get a big lead on Arizona and start pulling starters. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not playing Purdy for that reason, but that's my concern about chasing ceiling. Also, if the Niners pull starters, does Brock Purdy get pulled with that group? I would assume so because he would be their starting quarterback in the playoffs, but I, I don't know for sure. He's still a relatively inexperienced quarterback and I'm sure any reps, they get him help. Yeah. I would, I would guess he'd get pulled. I mean, we don't know for sure. Um, yeah, this, this, this is the risk you're playing. You're, you're taking playing week 18 DFS is that you're going to get, you know, screwed over by something funky, but that's, you guys got to embrace the variance of the week, I guess. Yeah. We at least start with a motivated team. So that's something to go with. If you yeah. are playing a Joe Burrow tournament lineup, are you running back Mark Andrews or nobody from Baltimore? If I run back someone, it would definitely be Andrews. He's not a must for me. Um, he, I don't think he's a good play in a vacuum. And I, I definitely think, um, you know, the, the Bengals have shown they'll keep attacking. They did it against the Patriots, like you said, a couple weeks ago. They'll keep attacking with a big lead. So I, I would lean towards no run back on my Burrow teams. I agree. That'd be my lean too. I mean, if I'm playing a bunch of them, I'll get a little bit of Mark Andrews in there, but we could absolutely get a big offensive day from Cincinnati with nothing going well on the Baltimore side. And I mean, we could get a 10 target day for Mark Andrews where he catches four of them. So that's not a guy that you need to play for sure. Running back for cash, Najee Harris at 6,100 and Miles Sanders at 5,900 sit atop our Mm -hmm. DK dollars per point. And I like them both very much touch certainty for them. Positive matchups for both of them. Cleveland's 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. That's the matchup for Najee Harris. Miles Sanders gets the Giants, who he already gashed once this year. It seems like his knee is okay. You know, we talked yesterday about how it's tough to know if the knee limited his playing time at all, but it seemed more like game flow and just kind of a weird game against the Saints that did it last week than concerns about Miles Sanders' knee. Yeah, I love Miles Sanders this week, especially at 5,900 bucks in the matchup. As you mentioned, he'll be probably in every, if at least most tournament teams I make. I don't think I can play him in cash. Just the the volume funkiness we've seen from him throughout the season. I mean, he hasn't even hit 10 DK points in any of his last three games. So for me in cash, it's going to be Najee Harris, as you mentioned. 62 carries and 12 targets over his last three games now. Um, gets this Browns run defense that we've been attacking all season. So I like Najee. I like Cam Akers for 6,200 bucks. You know, he's been getting workhorse usage for the past three weeks now. He gets a good matchup against the Seahawks. And then my third 
cash running back is going to be Dalvin Cook. 7,300 bucks. He is another guy who's been getting workhorse usage outside of the two blowout losses to the Cowboys and then the Packers last week. Dalvin Cook has 17 plus opportunities in eight straight games, and he gets the Bears, who have been bad against the run all season, haven't been any better lately. He is in another game where I worry about the Vikings taking their foot off the gas, and I feel like he would probably be the first guy off the field if they do start to ease up on things. It might even be a a spot where they plan to give Alexander Madison the ball a little bit more, knowing that they probably don't need their best game to beat the Bears and that it might not even matter what happens in that game. So I would worry a little bit about the, the cash certainty for Dalvin Cook, although the price is fine for him. Yeah, the price is great. I mean, I think he's a thousand bucks underpriced in the matchup. That that is a slight concern. Yeah, you, you, you got to hope if they do have a big lead in the second half, it's because Cook helps them get there, which I think would be the case more than likely. Tournament side, I think all the guys we talked about are still in play. Zach Moss is the other guy I would consider here, fifty two hundred against the league's worst run defense. And I mean, you know, that's it. Oh, they the the Colts. The only thing that hasn't gone right for Zach Moss production wise the past couple of weeks is getting the ball enough. And you would like to think the Colts with Sam Ellinger quarterback playing the Texans are going to fix that issue this week and give him the ball plenty. So the upside is there. Tyler Algier also in play for me at 5,600 against a Bucks team that has, you know, nothing to really play for this week. Yeah. I love Algier 55 carries over his last three games, averaging 5.4 yards per carry. Um, Like you said, you know, the the Falcons are favored by four points in this game, which tells you all you need to know about, you know, what to expect from the Bucks. You know, Zach Moss, I have here and, as I started to dig into him, I'm not sure I like him because I just don't know if he has the upside you need to win a tournament. I mean, it's still a bad Colts offense. I'm not sure Moss is a great touchdown bat. He's still doing nothing in the passing game. I mean, you know, despite the nice volume over the last three weeks, he scored 8.1, 8.0, and 7.4 DraftKings points. I'm just not sure he has the 20 point upside that you need to, to, you know, win a tournament. I mean, I do think that if he does get to 20 carries in this game, which is possible because he did it a couple games ago in relief, there is 100 yard upside. If he gets a touchdown, I mean, they yep. just need to get close to the end zone for there to be a touchdown. So I certainly would never say that Zach Moss is a must or <laughs> that Zach Moss is a centerpiece, but a 5,200 with the possibility that he gets workhorse carries. I like the upside. Yeah. Yeah. We're still waiting on ownership projections too. So that'll kind of, you know, sway me as far as Moss goes. If he's going to be chalky, I think he's a good tournament fade. So we met, we mentioned Miles Sanders. I think he he's my favorite tournament player at running back. Uh, Algier. I also like Kenneth Walker at 6,400 bucks, um, 26 and 23 carries over the last two games. So he's dealing with an ankle, but you know, the, the Seahawks are not limiting his work because of it. Um, and, and this is a must win game for Seattle. So I, I think they're going to, you know, give Walker as much as he can handle the Rams 26th in football outsiders run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. Um, most, if not all of that span is when they've been without Aaron Donald, who of course will be out again on Sunday. Yeah. I got gashed last week by the chargers. So I like that. And just to be clear, if we get like 20% ownership projection or something on Zach Moss, I'm yep. totally out on him as well. Nice. Wide receiver for cash. Greg Dorch at 3,800 against the 49ers looks intriguing. 70 plus percent playing time for him in six games this season. He had nine plus targets in five of those, including each of the past two weeks, just four catches for 15 yards last week. Um, but 10 targets, nine catches for 103 in the first meeting with the 49ers this year. Like I said, decent chance. I think that the Niners take the foot off the gas at some point during this game. If not, 
then I think they're up big and the Cardinals are chasing yeah. and there are targets available. So either way, when you throw in the sub 4K salary, I think Greg Dortch is attractive. Yeah, he's definitely in play. Um, he is our second best dollars per point value at wide receiver. Um, I don't currently have Dortch in my cash lineup. I have Drake London is my first guy in 4,900 bucks. His price didn't move from last week. And you know, he didn't have a, a huge game last week, five catches, 47 yards, but he saw another eight targets in that one. Uh, it gives him 28 total targets over the past three games with Desmond Ritter. And again, he's probably going to be getting you know at least some backups in the Buck secondary. So like London at the price tag, DK Metcalf, 6,700 bucks. We'll see about the, the knee thing. He did not practice on Thursday. He was listed with the knee and rest. So not totally sure of, you know, what, what to make of that, but um, he's more healthy than Tyler Lockett, I think at this point, who was dealing with the, the finger injury plus the shin injury and Metcalf coming off a dud last week against that tough Jets secondary, but he had 12.5 plus DraftKings points in eight straight games prior to last week. He averaged 17 and a half DK points over those eight games. And that stretch includes a 29.7 point game against the Rams a few weeks ago. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's not scaring anybody this season, has never scared DK Metcalf. I agree with London, eight plus targets, five plus catches in four straight games. I will also throw in Garrett Wilson at 5,800 bucks against yeah. the Dolphins. Um, since Mike White stepped in in week 12, and we'll start with that, Garrett Wilson has averaged 9.8 targets, five catches, 80.2 yards per game, 16 yards per catch. No Mike White this week because of the rib injury. Joe Flacco's in. So I think if they're both healthy, it's probably a toss up between those guys, but a healthy Joe Flacco versus what was clearly an ailing Mike White last week is certainly an upgrade for Garrett Wilson here. Miami is a middle of the league wide receiver scoring matchup 25th in pass defense DVOA overall, according to football outsiders. And even with, with uh, terrible catch rates over the past three games, 38% catch rate over the past three weeks for Garrett Wilson, he's still at 57% for the season, despite playing with garbage quarterbacks all year. So that's just another nod to how well the rookie has played this year. I think there's big game potential for him this week. For sure. Yeah. And play in cash and tournaments for me, Garrett Wilson is, uh, we, we saw the Jets be more willing to go pass heavy with Flacco over the first three games of the season. I'm not necessarily banking on that being the case on Sunday, but it's always possible. Wilson, by the way, 21% target share from Joe Flacco over those first three games. And he wasn't even a full-time player yet at that point. He only ran her out on 64% of the pass plays. So 30% target per route run rate for Wilson in those games, which is an elite mark. Like if he is going to be a full-time player on Sunday, which he is, and, you know, maintains that number, you know, you, you could be in for, for a massive volume for, for Garrett from Garrett Wilson. Yeah, so I started with Greg Dorch because of the salary, but like at quarterback, it's quite possible that we do that. And then I get to the end of lineup setting. I'm like, I don't need Greg Dorch in here. I can have real guys at wide receiver. Over on the tourney side, I like as a cheap game stack, DJ Moore and Rashid Shahid. DJ Moore, 6,100, 18 plus DK points in three straight games and four of his past five. He has cracked 20 DK points in three of those games, including each of the past two weeks. The Marshawn Lattimore return for the Saints defense does complicate the matchup a bit, but the Panthers still move DJ Moore around. He played more than half of his snaps against Detroit in the slot in week 16. So they're willing to put him in there. It doesn't necessarily mean he'll avoid Lattimore, but he's also a good player. So I'm not going to say that DJ Moore can't win against Marshawn Lattimore. And then Rashid Shahid, the other side, $4,200 salary for him on DraftKings this week. Right with Chris Olave last week in playing time, he's got that big play speed where even if he catches three or four balls, he's capable of turning one of those into a big touchdown play. 
playing the league's best scoring matchup for wide receivers by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. We just saw the Buccaneers destroy them last week and Shahid's $2,000 cheaper than Alave on DK. Yeah. Carolina also 25th defending deep passes according to football outsiders. Um, so I, I do like Shahid. I think he, he is the better value among these two. I, and we're still waiting on ownership projections, but I, I won't be surprised if Shahid comes in higher own than Chris Olave. So I do think, you know, being contrarian, paying an extra 2k for Olave, who, I mean, this is still Chris Olave versus Rashid Shahid. Like I know Shahid outproduced him last week, but um, I, I still think Olave ultimately has the higher ceiling. So I'm, I'm interested in, in both of those guys for tournaments. Yeah, I agree. Anybody else? Um, who else do I have here? So Justin Jefferson, I think is interesting. Um, again, there's the concern of how much will he need to do? How much will he play in this game? He does need 194 yards to break Calvin Johnson's single season record. He went for 154 yards against the bears earlier this season. Like if the Vikings want Justin Jefferson to break the record, like I, I think they can probably get him there in this matchup. So I, I just think he's interesting. We'll see about the ownership if he's going to be low owned because of the price and because of the concerns about uh, Minnesota, you know, possibly pulling guys. I think he's interesting. And then Cortland Sutton, I'm going to go back to him. I played him a bit last week. Um, he's still just 4,800 bucks. Only had four catches for, for 44 yards last week. He did almost come down with a, a big play. would have been like a 40 or 50 yard catch. Couldn't quite corral it in as, as he went to the ground. But, you know, I, I, I'd still like the price tag for a talented player playing a significant role in this offense. And you have the Chargers as a team that, could rest guys in that late window. If the Ravens lose to the Bengals in the 1 p.m. slot, the Chargers will have nothing to play for in the at the 425 p.m. slot. So there's a chance that Sutton's playing against backups. One other argument for a guy like that in a bad offense and the Saints Panthers matchup we talked about before or talked about before. This is not a good week for point projections around the yeah. league. Like that yeah. Panthers Saints game has a 42 point total. Only three main slate games have higher Vegas totals than that. Yeah, it's it's ugly. Over to tight end. Speaking of ugly, it's an ugly week at tight end for cash. We got Travis Kelsey off the main slate. We've got Evan Ingram mm. off the main slate. The top value in our lineup generator is Hayden Hurst at 3,100. At first, Jared, I was leaning away from him. The last time we saw Hurst for a full game was the stretch when Jamar Chase was still out. I think, though, he's probably the best option among those 3K guys when you consider everything. I don't love him for upside. He's reached 50 yep. yards just twice all year, never reached 60, has not scored a touchdown since week five and has just two touchdowns all year, but did have a six for 53 and a touchdown line on seven targets in the first meeting with Baltimore. Bengals tight ends produced in both matchups with Baltimore last year. And we already talked about with Joe Burrow. We're betting that Cincinnati does plenty of passing in this game. Yep. Yeah, I'm starting with Hurst in cash lineups. Um, actually, returned. You know, he missed a few games with I believe was a calf injury. Returned last week and actually caught two balls early in that Bills game. Has four plus catches in seven of his ten healthy games this season. So, like you said, not a ceiling play, but I think a nice floor relative to the other options at tight end, especially considering the price tag. If you do have the extra 700 bucks, I do prefer Pat Fryamuth straight up over Hayden Hurst. But again, that's only if you have the extra money. I think it's pretty close between them. So I wouldn't you know, go downgrading any other spot to get up to Fryamuth at tight end. And I wouldn't even make a strong argument for Pat Fryermuth, um, if you have the, the savings. Browns are the third worst scoring matchup for tight ends. They've allowed two touchdowns to the position all season. They did allow a solid line in PPR to Logan Thomas last week. So it's not a scary matchup, but... Fryermuth also has three catches or fewer in five of his past six games. So, you know, he can get plenty of targets and give us solid PPR numbers, but he could also just have another dud. Hurst it is. 
<laughs> there you go. Other guys in that range, just like there are issues for all of them. Trey McBride, Tyler Higby, I think are guys you could consider, but we talked about Greg Dorch being an option. We talked about Cam Akers being an option. I'm not playing two guys from either of those teams in definitely not a cash lineup, probably not a tournament lineup either. Agreed. Totally. Uh, there are a couple of a sub three K options. I don't think we need to get down there for a cash lineup though. <laughs> On the tournament side, I'm checking ownership projections on Cam Akers and Tyler Higby to see if either of those guys is a fade for that reason. Like if Cam Akers is very popular, maybe I'll lean toward Tyler Higby in that matchup with Seattle that's been very favorable to tight end scoring this year. Uh, I'm more willing to get to Higby in that case and in a tournament lineup. Otherwise, the guy I'll throw in here, two guys I'll throw in, Dallas Goddard, 4,900, I think is in play for a tournament lineup. And then $3,600, Tyler Conklin for the jets is also in play here in a positive matchup against the dolphins. Like both those guys, especially Goddard um, you know, quiet in the box score, his last two games, but 89 and then 97% of the routes last week gets the giants dead last in football outsiders tight end coverage rankings, obviously gave up that massive game to TJ Hawkinson a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. Higby's 40, 4,400 bucks. I can't imagine he's going to be popular at that price tag. You know, I think Akers is clearly the best value on the Rams. I would expect Akers to be chalky and Higby to end up being pretty low owned. We'll see exactly how they come in. I think, I think paying up for George Kittle is going to be pretty contrarian this week with so many viable plays in the three and four Ks. You know, Kittle has 25 and 33 point games with Brock Birdie over the last five weeks. He also went for 24 point four DraftKings points against the Cardinals back in week 11. That was with Jimmy Garoppolo Cardinals 30th in adjusted points allowed to tight ends 29th in football outsiders, tight end coverage ranking. So one of the best tight end matchups for Kittle this week. So I like paying up for him. And then last guy I'll throw out David Njoku. Uh, he, you know, he's one of these tight ends in the three K range that I think is in play 3,900 bucks for Njoku. I just think he has the highest ceiling among all these 39, all these, you know, three K tight ends, even, even most of the four K guys, we saw him, have an 18.7 point game with Deshaun Watson. It was Njoku's first game with Watson. Njoku went for 24 DraftKings points in the week three meeting against Pittsburgh. So I, I just think he's the chief tight end that has the upside to go for, you know, 20 plus DK points. Yeah, can't argue with that. I'll be curious to see the ownership projection on Kittle in particular because we don't have Travis Kelsey to be the popular high-end guy. Mark Andrews hasn't been doing it lately, although he did do it last week. So we'll see if he soaks up some ownership this week. I'll be curious to see what the numbers look like on those guys. Defense, $2,600 Jets defense leads the way in our lineup generator in dollars per point. Makes plenty of sense against Skylar Thompson, probably. We're awaiting final word on that, but probably Skylar Thompson. So I think the Jets D is easy to like. Maybe the best reason to not play the Jets D is because you could pay $300 more and get the Vikings against Nathan Peterman. Yes, exactly. Um, I think you want to play one of those two defenses in cash. I'm okay with the Jets if you need those 300 bucks. I, I actually do have the Jets in my lineup right now. Um, yeah, It's either going to be Thompson or it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater with a bad finger on his throwing hand. So I think either way, it's a good spot for the Jets D. Um, yeah, Vikings, great play against Peterman. Two other defenses, probably going to be lower owned, cheap options. Um, Atlanta. At 2400 bucks again, I'm not expecting Tom Brady to play more than a couple series if he plays at all. So at that point, it's either going to be Blaine Gabbert or Kyle Trask under center for the Bucks. So like that matchup for Atlanta. And then New England at 2200 bucks. I mean, they've just been a good fantasy D all season. And we know Josh Allen you know, has the propensity to turn it over a few times every now and again. So I do think there's upside to the Patriots at 2200 bucks. 
I'll give them upside, but I'd be scared to attack that one this week against these Bills. Um, the Falcons, I do, I, I, I can see the upside case there against the Bucks. They would just be attorney play for me because, yep. I mean, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be if Tom, if and when Tom Brady's out of this game. Blaine Gabbert has showed us that he is capable of playing well at times, and there aren't that many wide receivers on their roster, so I'm not even sure. Obviously, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin come out. But we might still be looking at Russell Gage in the mix. Scotty Miller, I'm sure, is on the field. So they're decent at wide receiver. I don't know who's going to be in the backfield, whether Rashad White gets a breather if they're pulling people or if he stays in the game. So just saying there's a chance that there's still a decent amount of offensive talent on the field for a Bucks team that is playing backups there. So a little bit of downside risk for a Falcons defense that you know starts out not being very good. Yeah, Falcons and Patriots are tournament only for me. Gabbert does have a career 3.1% interception rate. He's, he's definitely a guy I would like to attack with a defense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this week. 18 draft Kings podcast. You can head over to DraftSharks.com Now play around with the lineup generator, build your own lineups for playing on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo in week 18. You can also find Jared's articles highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings this week. If you're on the stream, stick around. We're going to hit FanDuel in about 10 seconds for Jared Smoll and the rest of the draft sharks crew. I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us.